Welcome to Otaku American. Today's episode is Atlantic Crust. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about, of course, based upon just the title of the show, uh, we saw recently with, well, as it's, from the time that we're recording this podcast, we saw maybe an hour or so ago, Pacific Rim. And uh, I thought it was a pretty decent movie. Um, I've, I've had people at work mention to me, uh, if uh, any, ask anybody if they've seen it and you know, if what they thought about it, if anybody saw it. At the time when I was at work last week, nobody had seen it. So basically, right now, we both see it, saw it. So uh, I thought it was a pretty decent movie. Um, it reminded me heavily on, like, the Godzilla versus, like, having Gundam versus Godzilla type thing where you have these gigantic mechs. And then they're going against, you know, basically Godzilla over and over again. Yeah, that, yeah, that's pretty much what I thought. Especially when I first saw the original, the, well, one of the original trailers that I saw for it. And I'm watching the trailer, and I'm thinking to myself the entire time, oh great, this is just an American version of Godzilla. Where we're picking big, I guess, robot heroes to just fight gigantic monsters. Whoopee, this is going to be terrible. I didn't think it was like an American version of it. I thought it was like, um, because they made it a point to make it like everybody in the world, like going, have uh, these monsters. Well, not necessarily everybody in the world. It, based upon what the story, the movie is suggesting, the, the monsters are coming from the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. So it's basically any country that's surrounded by the Pacific Ocean was the countries that we're going to go after. So, but well, I was just like talking about my first impression just from watching the trailer. Yeah, because they made it. Yeah, the, the in the trailer. Well, even in the beginning of the movie, they made it seem like like the monsters were only interested in Americans. Yeah, because that, the that first time they came out was they were like going to like the what uh, Seattle or one of the Wait, one of the Pacific. Uh, didn't the first, didn't the first one hit in like San, San Francisco? Francisco? Yeah, because yeah, I remember seeing the bridge. And I'm like, okay, maybe the <laughs> monsters don't like. San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm not even going to go that far. Yeah, I thought it was pretty decent. And later on, they went into other little areas and um, up around the Pacific Rim, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were kind of talking about it before the show started. And you mentioned something. Uh, Stacker, uh, Stacker, I believe the character's name was Stacker Pentecost. He, he was played by Idris Alba which I'm sure is the reason why a lot of women will probably end up watching it. He was played by Idris Alba. And every time when he was on the show, well, Robert, you go ahead and tell me. Well, as I'm watching the movie, I couldn't help but laugh every now and then because apparently he had, there's something wrong with his body where his nose... It might have been the radiation. Later on in the movie, he was saying it was because of the radiation that he was exposed to when he was inside one of the machines. But... As I'm watching a movie, I couldn't help but notice that he only got those nosebleeds when Mako was on the screen. Mako being a, uh, I believe she's a Japanese actress in right. the movie also. And I'm thinking to myself, this has got to be a running gag they have going on behind the scenes as we're watching a movie. Because he only pops a nosebleed when she's around. Yeah, but it, just in case you didn't really understand what's going on there when he says this, uh, most otaku, uh, people who profess to be otakus, when you watch anime, there's one of two things usually happen in anime, especially depending on if they're focused toward men. Uh, when they see like a hot looking girl or a 
good looking girl or something like that something that's like that they see in a sexual manner there's one thing that they do and I can't remember offhand what that is but the main thing that they usually do is a nose flip. oh my god a bikini my nose oh, and then they just it's like a faucet a leaky faucet of blood coming out of their nose so when you're watching Pacific Rim I don't I didn't really pay attention to it but now that he brings it up I kind of understand now because when you watch a Pacific Rim it was really only time when Mako kept showing up that he started getting I know. So I was like, <laughs> and I'm laughing in the theater. Like, I was like, what is with that? What is going on here? What is, What are they trying to do here? So, but I, I like the whole technical aspect of the game. Oh, I'm saying game of the movie. They had the mechs were looked like they were well thought out how they went about making these things. Because sometimes yeah. you get a movie and they don't even really explain how you can have these gigantic monsters, gigantic robots walking around. They just appear one day and... Yeah, don't even attempt to make it make sense. No. So, but in this one, they made it make sense and they had it where, you know, uh, basically in the movie, when you see two people, uh, two people control the actual mech itself. And the way they do this is they, what is it called? Drift? Was it Drift that they use? I believe they call it the Drift. Yeah, Drift is when, in this movie, Drift is when two people mind link, basically, like in Hampton in episode of, uh... <laughs> yeah, of Aqua Teen. Of Aqua Teen. But two, All uh, I really know two people uh, drift, <clears throat> mind link together, which is called Drift, and whatever experiences they had, the other person, that person's experiences and the other person's experiences both sync together so when they do things they do things in tandem and there's no off when when there's like a a slight off in sync uh the machine doesn't work as well as you know when both people are doing the same action so when you're watching a movie you see both when they're walking they're both walking in unison when they're right. both punching they're punching in unison they it's can. like they're sharing the same mind the same space what's end up happening is they showed in the beginning of the movie the one person on one side the left side controls the left half of the body and the person on the right side controls the right half of the body they kind of made it seem like if it wasn't exactly 100 percent synchronization between both people that everything would just not work they have to shut everything down and try all over again yeah yeah there was a couple of things that happened in the movie that was quite uh in well i wouldn't want to say intense but there was a, a portion of the movie in which like with maka when she actually uh, drifted with the uh, main character. Right. Well, uh, mentally, that all of that would be intense. Uh, there was a couple things that happened in the movie, and they were quite intense. There was nothing in the movie that really made me go, wow, I really... Like, if all the characters died, I really wouldn't really feel that bad. I would feel bad to some extent, because then that meant the monsters won. But when you watch a movie like that, you pretty much know, unless they're coming out with a sequel, which I don't see it. They're gonna beat the monsters, and right. you know, for the most part. Yeah, the way so, it ended, I don't, I don't see. I don't see there being a sequel. No. Now, I wouldn't be surprised. As a whole, I the way this movie ended, I'm pretty sure there's not gonna be a sequel. So I could be wrong, and depending on how much money this movie makes, it may have a sequel. Because yeah. you know, the Matrix, the first Matrix, wasn't meant to have sequels. But it did so well, they decided they're gonna keep on making some Matrix yeah, movies until you all stop buying them. <laughs> so. But um, I thought the movie was pretty decent. So I, you know, out of a scale from one to five, one being bad, 
five being um, the best movie in the world. Um, I would probably give that probably middle of the road, maybe like a, a three and a half. It's a good action movie if you like robots like I do. You know, the robots and the special effects are on like A++. But um, as a whole, the story itself, eh, it's a bit on the weak side. The uh, whole I'd give it maybe a three and a half or maybe a four. Because, you know, for what the movie was, they didn't like add too many unnecessary things. I mean, they didn't have like an outrageous love scene somewhere. Yeah, or, I thought yeah, they, there yeah. was something that happened in the very end of the movie in which I was like, if they do this, it's gonna be a problem. And right. surprisingly, they didn't do it. So yeah, I mean, the movie didn't it didn't call for anything like that. So they didn't put it in there. A lot of movies that are like this movie in nature that don't call for stuff like that, they still put it in there anyway, just to appease certain audiences. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to agree with that. As of the time that we're recording this, yesterday I saw Red 2. And. Red Dead Redemption? No. <laughs> Red being the movie with um, Bruce Willis, Catherine Zeta Jones. I forgot the guy's name, the Asian guy. His last name is Lee. Um, he actually was in. Um, he played Storm Shadow and. Uh, the first G.I. Joe movie. He probably played Storm Shadow in the second one also, but... Oh, I didn't um, see that. Who else was in that movie? Bruce Willis. Um, of course, John Malkovich. Um, it, you know, it, Red Red 1 was a very good movie. I like Red 1. It's action flick, and it was funny because it's action flick, but it's with people who are, like, in their mid-50s. You know, even in Red 2, this, uh, episode, this movie of Red 2, I looked online, and there's... The youngest of the main characters were Catherine Zeta-Jones and Lee, and they were both 43, so they're not, you know, spring chicken. The movie had a lot of action in it. There's scenes in it that was actually very, very entertaining. Uh, I liked, I would say out of that movie, a one to five, I would probably give that movie a, um, probably like a three. I thought it was a pretty good movie. I thought it was something that you could probably go out if you want to get, see like a real quick action flick sit down, watch Red 2, you know, it's a pretty good movie. So, if I decide to go out and watch that movie, should I have the mindset expectation to see Matlock on steroids? Who? Matlock? On steroids? Uh, no. No? No, no. Matlock, Die Hard with a Vengeance? Uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, but with an older, uh, um, with an older Matlock feeling. No, uh, it's not like it, I want to say it's like Matlock. Matlock being like the thing that most old people watch, but um, I would say it's like um, it's like seeing a um, it's like seeing people who are older, basically older people. So because the thing about this movie, it wasn't a matter of that they can't do it. It's a matter of they're retired and they're not supposed to do it. <laughs> so you know, and uh, you know, based upon the first movie, Bruce Willis. Uh, Bruce Willis' character, I believe she, he marries her? Uh, he marries Mary Louise Parker's uh, character. And Mary Louise Parker's character was in the first movie. Um, she, it was just some lady he met uh, um, while he was on a mission to find out some information. I would suggest watching the first movie. The first movie was actually very entertaining. All of a sudden, I was disappointed on not seeing... Um, Morgan Freeman. When I watched it with my girlfriend, my girlfriend made it seem like Morgan Freeman's character died. I don't recognize... And that's another thing about this movie. When people die in a movie, 
they don't necessarily die. Because there's a part in the beginning part of this movie in which one of the characters died, and spoiler alert, he didn't die. Oh, so they just kind of go MIA like the UNS. Yeah, they, it, yeah. Basically, when they want to disappear for a while, they fake their own death and then they just go ahead and disappear. So it, it was hard for me. Like throughout the whole movie, I was like expecting to see Morgan Freeman come out of nowhere and say, "Hey guys, how's it going?" type thing, but it never happened. So Morgan Freeman. So I was like, "All right, cool." But uh, Captain Zeta Jones' character was there, <laughs> which uh, the reason why I laughed is because. It's not a matter of Catherine Zeta-Jones' character being there. It's a matter of Lee's character from, you know, from the G.I. Joe movie. And uh, he's a South Korean actor uh, who's been in a lot of other South Korean movies. Um, his character kept mentioning something. Because what happened was uh, Bruce Willis' character, Mary uh, Louise uh, Parker's character, and John Malkovich's character stole... Lee's airplane. They basically just stole it. They he thought he was going there to kill them. It turned out they weren't there, and they got on his plane and was using his plane throughout the whole movie. So every time when he saw them, he was trying to kill him because they someone put a hit out on Bruce Willis' character. And so when he saw him, he tried to kill him. But at the same time, he kept asking, "Where the hell is my plane?" On a regular basis. So that was like a running gag that I thought was uh, Get off my plane. Yeah. And it, you know, it, some other stuff happened, and basically, you know, a whole bunch of everything kept happening to either his plane or something around his plane. <laughs> kind, but, kind of like Captain Jack's ship on Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, it was like weird. I was like, okay, this is quite uh, crazy right now. But um, the action sequences in the movie were actually very good, uh, especially Lee's characters. Lee's character, he went and like literally took out like five, six police officers in a small convenience store in um, Russia, Thanks. and it was just. And the the best part was his hands were cuffed to the uh, to the uh, one of the doors for one of the freezers. So it was just ridiculous. Um, but it reminded me of like some like. Um, you know, um, Crouching Tiger or any of those kind of like martial arts Asian uh, flicks that you would see. Because he's basically he's that actor. He's from that world. So they made sure every actor that was in the movie, they put that actor in a position in which people remember them from. Like Lee's character, he was in that position where he's in the action flick, martial arts action flick. Catherine Zeta-Jones' character is like the espionage. I do a lot of like um, straight up um, seductive kind of 007 kind of stuff. Bruce Willis is like hardcore action. I will spy on you. John Malkovich is like uh, the intellectual, like um, funny, funny guy. Oh, and you can't forget Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins' character was quite uh, one minute you think he's one thing and then the next minute he turns out to be something else it reminded me of and I've heard this a couple of other places his character reminded me of like um, Hannibal from Hannibal or Silence of the Lambs his uh, character he played back in the day um, but as a whole I thought the movie was pretty good it was a pretty good movie uh, I saw it as, as it turns out being that I live in the tri-state area uh some i believe it was chevy's or something that they had a little deal where you buy uh you get a dinner you buy your dinner and then you can get a discounted movie ticket so my girlfriend and i we had done that but i thought it was pretty good uh it was i liked it 
I know LB, you haven't seen the movie, so you know, I don't know. I I don't know if it's like worth going. Maybe as a matinee price is worth seeing. Definitely. <clears throat> Personally, I don't know too many movies in which I welcome spending twelve to thirteen to fourteen dollars to see, and that's just regular movie prices, not like three D movie or anything like that. Yeah. Um, hey, discounted prices always make the movies a little bit better. Yeah, you always when you pay a little less, you always you're like, all right, it wasn't that bad. I get a much better review. For <laughs> but uh, when you pay like when you pay like twenty five, thirty bucks for two yeah, no. people. And you see the movie, and it really wasn't that good. You feel quite cheated. So makes you want to set a building on fire. Yeah, want makes you want to go and do get your office space on. So or your super troopers. But uh, those are the movies that we pretty much saw between uh, Pacific Rim and uh, Red Two. I would say that Pacific Rim. If you're like a mecha anime kind of person, the, the movie was on par with the old school. Godzilla uh, mech movies. It was on that level straight up. Yeah. Or if you just like monsters in general. Yeah. The monsters look very good. The monsters, they their interaction with the humans when they were going to kill these humans was a very good change of pace because there were things that happened in the movies that progressed. So it was a good nice little uh, movie. It wasn't just like, let's start throwing some monsters out there and yeah. see what happens. And it wasn't always like the same monster. The yeah, monster they had that. Different. In a movie, they had different categories of monsters and they gave them like names and stuff. It was like weird. But, uh, and then Red 2, if you've seen Red 1, you won't be disappointed with Red 2. Uh, if you haven't seen Red 1, uh, it's a pretty good old people. <laughs> it's old people, but they're doing things that are like, it's it's not a matter of like it being old people, really. It's a matter of being experienced veterans in the espionage and um, spy game, basically. That's the way I looked at the movie. Well, we're going to get our uh, first movie, uh, not first movie, but our first song going. Uh, as of right now, uh, we usually start the show with uh, Dead Man Wonderland uh, intro, opening intro. So our first song is going to actually be that song, which is called uh, Shiny Shiny by DWB featuring uh, Nergelis Shiny Shiny by DB DWB featuring Nergillus. And uh, I I actually support Alright, I had that song before. I had gotten that song and uh, I had gotten that song and uh, I, I liked the song to some extent. I never really listened to it all that much, but I had gotten it just because. And as it turned out, when we started first doing the podcast, uh, he said that was the title song, that was the opening theme for Dead Man Wonderland, correct? Right. 
Yeah, I had no idea because I've like I've never seen Dead Man Wonderland. I mean to get to uh, go about seeing it, but I just haven't done so yet. On well, second though, I, you know I'm, I can't really remember if it was the opening or the ending music. Well, it was on that show nonetheless, correct? Yeah, yeah, it was on it, definitely. So, uh, right now, we're still going to stay up on that movie uh, part of the show, and we're going to talk about, basically, I was surfing the internet, and I noticed that they're coming out with a RoboCop movie, a reboot for RoboCop. They're changing the story slightly. How they're changing it, I'm not even sure. Uh, originally, I heard that they were going to change the story where he doesn't get shot in a, a horrible gunfight and they build him back like he's a $6 million man type thing, but as a cop. But then I hear some other stuff that makes it seem like that's exactly how they... It's going to be a, a true like remake as, or a reboot, uh, a true reboot as opposed to a true remake of the movie itself. So hopefully they do keep it the way. Hopefully they do keep the story the way it originally was. But see, that's something I have an issue with though, because sometimes they change the story, sometimes they don't. Sometimes it it, it doesn't. It it won't appeal to a 2013 audience as opposed to back in like the 1980s. Back in 1980 audience is different from 19. from the 2013 audience. Everybody in the 2013, 2013 RoboCop, probably you have to do some serious stuff, some serious tweaking to the actual movie. Right. Back and back in '87 when the movie originally came out, you know we didn't have iPads, we didn't have a lot of technology. Well, we they, had, they probably won't need to do too much. I mean, they're already going to shine it up and make it look as pretty as all the new movies coming out now, and that's really all they need to do because they had a solid, uh, solid story to begin with. And a solid story, yeah, but it's just, you know, there's the technology level is significantly different from 1987, so. They gotta exactly make sure as to what they're about to do with this remake or reboot or however way they want to talk it. When they made the original, actually making his body, you know, they can only do so much, but now they can actually go further into it and show you exactly what they're doing to remake his body, exactly what they're changing, how they're changing it, and you know, that basically just how they're going about doing it. They couldn't do that in the original movie for obvious reasons. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm looking forward to see exactly what they do with this uh, reboot. But speaking of reboots and remakes, they uh, I saw on uh, a couple of uh, news outlets that uh, Soul Calibur 2 HD Online is going to be uh, remade. And you'll be able to play that. I believe it's on Xbox Live and PSN uh, Networks. And um, I don't know. I, I like Soul Blade. Uh, I played Soul Calibur. I like Soul Calibur. Once after Soul Calibur came out, I pretty much stopped playing the Soul Calibur games. Like I know Soul, Soul Calibur 2 came out, and that was the one that had um, on Nintendo GameCube. You were able to pick as Link on the Xbox. You were able to play as Spawn, and on the PlayStation, I believe you were able to play as was it the guy from Tekken? I think it was. Yeah. So, uh, supposedly this this game will now be re, uh, redone in HD, and it will be online. Now, <coughs> I don't remember. I don't remember whether or not the first game was online or not. I'm pretty sure it was. So, what, but... The one for Xbox? The one for any of the systems that came out. I'm pretty sure they were all on, online. 
but they weren't in HD because at the time of when these the first generations of these consoles, the first Xbox and the PlayStation 2 and the GameCube, they were not in HD. Yeah, but I don't remember Soul Calibur for Dreamcast being online. I don't, I don't remember. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. It couldn't that. have been online. Uh-uh. I don't remember that at all. I would imagine, um, yeah, that, that, that uh, I guess maybe they weren't online. I thought they were, though. Maybe I'm confusing them with Soul Calibur 3 or any other Soul Calibers that came out later on. But, um, I don't know. Uh, I'm not a fighting games fan anymore, so I never really was a fighting games fan. I, the fighting games I ended up playing were, like, uh, Marvel's Capcom or, um, the Marvel games, uh, uh Marvel versus, uh, what was it, SNK and Marvel Super Heroes. Heroes. That was one of the best ones. Yeah, those games I played. Um, the actual, like, Tekken, I never played Tekken. I know how you feel about Tekken. Well, I didn't, I didn't really like Tekken too much, but I would play it. I mean, really, originally, when Tekken first came out for PlayStation 1, the only reason I played it is because I liked the character Law and how he fought. Yeah. That was it. But Street Fighter, most people play Street Fighter. It was like one of the, Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat were like the first, the two games that most people end up playing. And it got to a point where you either pick Street Fighter or you pick Mortal Kombat. But just to go back to Soul Calibur, uh, I like Soul Calibur. I like the fact that you fight and you can fight with weapons and things. But I'm not too sure about how they keep coming out with these. Um, let's re-release this game, but this time we'll do it on PlayStation Network and on Xbox Live. Um, network and hopefully people will buy the games um, I I don't know if that's a good marketing strategy if it's like because we're talking about games that are like been oversaturated in the market there's been it, it's be one thing if you had Soul Blade Soul Calibur Soul Calibur 2 and then you stop making Soul Calibur games but no they kept making Soul Calibur games so you, for you to turn around and then re-release Soul Calibur 2, I don't know exactly how I'm supposed to, like, I'm like, well, I could play the last Soul Calibur that came out, or I can pay another $10, and I'm assuming it's $10, to buy this game that I've already played maybe 10 years ago. So It probably won't be $10, and you can probably play both games on the same console. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't. And when they do this with other games, see, it's one thing to do it with, like, when they had Sonic Adventure come out, and it came out on Xbox, and it came out on PlayStation, and what was it, PlayStation 2? No, it came out on Xbox 360, and it came out on PlayStation 3. That's different, because Sonic Adventure came out on Dreamcast. Yeah. So that was, like, a couple of generations ago. We're talking about games that, like, you're you're talking about having Soul Calibur 2 come out, and it was just on the systems from last generation. We're about, if they had Soul Calibur 2 come out on the Xbox 4, uh, Xbox One or the PlayStation Four, then that'd be different. Yeah. But we're talking about just the last generation. These game, that game was out. Yeah. We're so talking. it's pretty fresh in people's minds still, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, we're talking uh, games here that came out over ten years ago. I mean, you got to remember that the Dreamcast was released in 1999. You got to be like a, a hardcore fighting fan, and specifically Soul Calibur fan. So I'm not now. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking this game. At the time that the game came out, it was a solid, very good game, 
And that's coming from me who doesn't like fighting games as a whole. I don't know. I, I, if I was a fighting game fanatic, I would not be going out and buying this on Xbox Live because all you're really doing is just showing them that if I keep coming out, if they keep coming out and remaking games and putting them on Xbox Live or uh, PlayStation Network, you'll just keep buying them over and over again and forget trying to make new games. We'll just keep rehashing the games that we made already and you'll buy the, those games also. So, but to go into uh, some actual, it's a new game, but it's a sequel because you know we're in the we're in the game industry's new thing where rather than coming out with new IPs, they decide they just keep rehashing, keep coming out with the same franchise over and over again. And one of these franchises that are coming out with another game again, there's actually quite a few of them that we're probably going to talk about, but this one we're going to start out with, and that's Infamous Three. Now I liked Infamous One. I played Infamous 2. Never finished Infamous 2. I finished Infamous 1. Um, but this Infamous 3, I might end up getting because it's not like, you know, how when they'll come out with... You know, I love Halo to death, but it's always the same thing over and over again. When I end up playing um, Reach, I like Reach because you didn't have to deal with Master Chief. You had to deal with other um, Spartans. Yeah, there was never one Spartan. And yeah, we actually so... Got to see but they Master Chief you to death and... Um, Halo, so, you know, I I'd never played Halo 4 because it was just, they're like, yeah, we did a great job with this Reach thing, but let's go back to Master Chief, because everybody loves Master Chief, so yeah, I Halo, ended up not buying Halo, Halo 4, 4 was Halo 4 was terrible, just horrible. Gameplay was bad. So what y'all say, it was bad. To go to Infamous, Infamous 3 this time has a whole new character, and Infamous 3 is now set basically seven years ahead of the good ending of um, Infamous 2. And uh, it centers around this character by name of, I believe his name is Delson Rowe. And he's like 24 years old and he's a graffiti artist. And I believe his father's a detective of some sort or something like that. And um, Some type of law enforcement. Yeah, some sort of law enforcement. And his power, it, it looked like he was able to control smoke of some sort. Uh, I believe Sucker Punch later elaborated on that and said his power is basically to uh, basically absorb uh, other conduits, which are superhumans in this game, um, powers. So, but LeBaron, you mentioned something in regards to you, in regards to why this game, the the new plot kind of doesn't make any sense to you based upon the good ending of the previous game. Right, because, I mean, it was a while ago, but if I remember correctly, when Cole activates the RFI... It was for him to kill all the conduits, but I, I couldn't really see how that would save humanity from that disease that most of humanity was pretty much already infected with. Whereas the bad ending, to my understanding, the only way that humanity could be saved was for the beast to actually turn the people who were, who were compatible with the conduit ability, whatever you call yeah, it, the superpower actually into conduits and they would survive. Because but, the people that were already infected couldn't be cured any other way, and they would eventually die. So I guess that's the reason why they say they're going to use the good ending as opposed to the bad ending, because that bad ending involved everyone, all of humanity, becoming conduits. At least the people who were able to do it, because the other people, I assume, were dead, would die. And but from, um, from the good ending, all that happened was Cole killed the current conduits. And that's really all I remember from it. I mean, I, I can't really remember if 
it was because of the conduits that people had that disease which it might have been which is probably what they were saying but you know I don't see I still don't see how that's a good ending for you know to kill that the pe- that many people across the globe anyway I don't see how that's good but I don't know I just have to play the new game and see exactly how they figured that one out I don't see any like actual differences in gameplay as opposed to the first game or even the second game it's still a third person shooter it still has uh, um, tiers in which you can um, control your powers and acquire different types of uh, variations of your powers uh, the one thing about this character as opposed to Cole himself is Cole was all electricity this guy he looks like he can absorb other conduits who have who may be NPCs walking around, or they may even make this game into a multiplayer game in which everybody has their own little power they could do, and you, your guy can, uh, Delson, I believe his name is, can um, absorb other conduits' powers and then possibly use those powers, like uh, electricity, he uses smoke at one point, or any other water or any other kind of, um, it looks like elemental uh, powers. So... I'll probably check it out. I might rent it, might get Gamefly and rent it or something like that. I don't know if I'm going to actually go out and get it or not, but, you know, you never really know as of right now. But uh, let's talk about a little bit of uh, 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 when we were in GameStop. I saw a game. uh, I liked the original one when it came out. Um, I don't own a Nintendo Wii. Well, not a Nintendo Wii. I actually have access to that. But Nintendo Wii U. So, the game I'm talking about, obviously, would be, not obviously, but it would be Pikmin 3, which I believe either hasn't come out yet, or it's just about to come out, or it may have already came out, I'm not sure, but uh, I like Pikmin 1, and I like the things in regards to Pikmin 1, and it, I, I don't know, honestly, I'm not a Zelda fan, so if I were to get a, a Nintendo console, it would probably be because of games like Pikmin or Animal Crossing, or something like that, because I actually kind of enjoy those games. Pikmin, I enjoy a whole hell of a lot. So, I don't know. I don't know how... how, What do you feel about uh, possibly Pikmin, or would you even contemplate getting a Nintendo Wii U? Well, the only reason I've played newer Nintendo consoles was primarily for Smash Bros. Melee, and some of the various Metroid games that came out, like Metroid Prime, Super Metroid... Metroid, of course. But, you know, that's like old school. Everyone's gonna love that, for the most part. But, you know, the newer ones, the only reason I would get them now is, you know, if a Wii U, like, if a, if a, if a Melee game came out, even if they call it that now, if it came out for that, I would definitely pick it up. But that's really the only reason I'd get it. Unless, you know, they had, like, another F-Zero they made. Oh, F-Zero. If yeah. they came out with F-Zero, <laughs> I, I would literally probably stab somebody yeah. and go out and get that console. I mean, that game, if they came out with F-Zero. Metroid, Smash Brothers. Hell, I would even do that with Uni Racers if they did that. Oh, yeah, so. definitely. That game was great. But that, those are really the only reasons I would get another Nintendo console. There, I can't see any other reason as to why. I, no, that, that's it. Well, to keep in uh, tow with that whole, uh, we're gonna come out, keep coming out with these sequels. What What do you think about? Uh, did you ever play the first Dead Rising? Because they're coming out with Dead Rising three. Yeah. And how How would you feel? I never played Dead Rising two. Never got around to playing Dead Rising. I didn't either. 2. I played the. They had a, um, a Xbox Live. Uh, 
like um, mini game for Dead Rising 2, but I never ended up playing Dead Rising 2. So I didn't. Dead Rising 2's mini game, I think, was like just outside of where Dead Rising 2 was going to take place. Your character and I believe his daughter were on their way to where Dead Rising 2 was about to take place. I played that, and that helped lead into the actual Dead Rising 2. I never end up buying at Dead Rising 2, so. But I see Dead Rising 3 is about to come out. And, uh, I. What? You were about to say something? What really turned me off about Dead Rising? I mean, it just seemed this way to me when I was playing the game, but as you're playing, you know, there really wasn't, like, a direction. It was just. You randomly go to certain spots, and you know you go into one room where it's a supermarket, and oh, okay, I'm supposed to be here because you would see a cutscene, and then they don't really tell you where else to go to further to further progress in the game. You just have to have to randomly wander around until you find a cutscene, and that really just killed the game for me. I'm like, wow, this is really not entertaining me the way it should. No, I don't want to play this anymore. Well, just in case people don't really realize it. Uh... Dead Rising 3 is a um, survivor horror movie um, game, and it's centered around um, usually like the last couple of people in a zombie apocalypse. And Dead Rising 3 specifically takes place about 10 years after uh, Dead Rising 2 in Fortune City. The one thing about this game, though, and the reason why I don't think I'll end up getting it is because it's supposed to be exclusive to the Xbox One. And I don't see myself buying an Xbox One as of right now, based upon the price point. So, that's pretty much out of my league right there. So, but I'm sure a lot of people, especially people who like the zombie games, will probably be, that would be right down their alley. Now, are you willing to spend five, six, seven hundred dollars for a console that will um, be the only console that it will be coming out on? Because unlike the other Dead Rising games, which I think they were made by Capcom, This Dead Rising game is made from Microsoft, so ultimately it will only come out on either PC, maybe Xbox 360, and definitely Xbox One. Of course. So, I don't know, that was, uh, they released it, they said that its slated release would be sometime in November, Um, of course holiday season, well American holiday season, but um, probably November, sometime November uh, 2013. Around the time that the uh, new console come out, I think it will come out sometime in November, but never be too sure. Like that's like for the PS4, I saw somewhere in regards to them possibly releasing the PS4, maybe like a day before my birthday, which would be like February 20th, because uh, they're not really sure how uh, if their production rates will be uh, sufficient enough for them to come out with a console around um, the holiday season. Mainly because I, I believe AMD is making a chipset for both consoles, both the Xbox One and the PS4. So for one system, one uh, company come out with two distinctly chip, different chipsets uh, for two big name, big title game companies, hardware game companies. That's, uh, you know, for a regular, for two companies coming out with two different uh, chipsets, that's a lot. For one company coming out with both of them. That's a whole nother level. So I don't know whether or not these consoles will come out on time. Well, none of them really told you when they want to come out with these consoles anyway. But people are speculating PS4 for uh, a February release, if not April. Well, not April. A February release, if not um, earliest, would be like October. But I seriously doubt. If it comes in October, I'll be surprised. 
So. Well, I hope that when the PS4 comes out, that the same thing with PS3 doesn't happen with PS4, whereas the customers buy the merchandise and, you know, take it home, hook it up to a TV or whatever, turn it on, and it doesn't, just doesn't even turn on, or it just doesn't play games, or you actually have game companies talking about they should just do a do-over because I can't write a game for this system. It's too hard. And before we end with this segment of the uh, gaming uh, specifically, I personally was playing, um, I have SimCity currently on PC, and I enjoy SimCity. Their, their issue with SimCity was they just didn't believe that there were going to be enough people uh, playing the game, so their servers couldn't, their servers couldn't handle all that, uh, all the user uh, use. I have NCAA Football 14. And, uh, oh, on, I have it on PlayStation 4, by, oh, not PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, I wish I had a PS4, but, uh, I have it on PlayStation 3, and my gamer tag or username on, um, Sony would be, uh, Lazarus101, but, um, like I said, I have NCAA Football 14, and I've been playing the game for a while, and I like the game, but it's something that's not necessarily with the game, but it's something with EA in general. I don't understand, you know, they're one of the bigger game-making companies, but why they can't get anybody game-test these games is beyond me. I'm on a level in which I'm at the year of 2016 because I simulate through most games so I can get through to get to the off-season and recruit players and that kind of thing. So I'm going on to the next week. I think I'm on week 10, moving on to week 11, and the game just freezes. It freezes every single time. I turn it on, I load it up, I do whatever, advance to the next week, and it freezes. I go on the, I go on the fan, um, the forums, and a lot of people have been getting the same issue. If it's not that, they've been getting an issue on the Road to Glory part, they've been getting, but it's always freezing. And I spoke to someone at GameStop, of course, and he told me basically the same thing I already know, where there's not too much you can do, especially if other people are getting it, you just gotta wait for them to come out with a patch. But you mean, I mean to tell me, you mean tell me, I have this game, and I play the game, and I don't even, it's not like I'm saying I've gone like 10 years ahead of time, from the time, from 2014 to 2024, uh, and it freezes, because that's a lot of gameplay time that's spent in the game. I mean, it's only two years after the uh, original year, and it freezes. You mean to tell me no one noticed that? No <laughs> one noticed that. It freezes after you get to like week 10 of two years after the time that you start in the game. Yeah. No one noticed that. Ever, no one. Ever get that feeling people just stop trying? EA is like... I, and the, the issue I have is I, 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 I like... I don't particularly care for Madden, but I like NCAA football. And nobody else makes college football games. So I'm pretty much stuck in a rock in a hard place because EA is just like one of the worst companies in the world. It's They're literally the worst company in the world. Originally, when I've heard people talk about it, it didn't really phase me. But it's not... They do... They A lot of stuff they do is strictly for money. It's like they stop testing the game because they save more money and then they can just push the game out and have us beta test the game. 
for them and then they can patch the game which is basically I believe that's exactly what they're doing that's pretty much what every game company is aiming to do now that's why this that, that's why there are instances with PlayStation or Xbox where you buy a brand new game it just came out within the hour and you'll put it in your PlayStation or Xbox and there's immediately an update for it yeah I think um, I believe it was Skyrim Elder Scrolls Skyrim that was available on both Xbox and PlayStation, and the PlayStation version of Skyrim, I believe, was a broken game. No, it was. They couldn't even fix it. They're like, I don't know. There's nothing we can do about that. We could patch it to death, but it's never going to... Certain parts of the game is never going to be the same. You're never going to be able to play the game throughout. So, I mean, but if you knew this, why'd you release the game? Why didn't you just push it back? Because they not didn't ta- test it. They didn't know. We're not talking about, uh, we're not talking about, like, some game. We're talking about Skyrim. We're talking about a top level game. We're not talking about, like, some indie game in which the company doesn't really make too much of anything. And there's not too much they can uh, do about it. They just need to push the game out so they can make some money so they can do some other stuff. We're talking about Bethesda, who makes games on a regular basis. And Skyrim is not their first Elder Scrolls game. Yeah, and, you know, it's an Elder Scrolls game. I mean, this this isn't like Mad Max or like some Gecko game. Nah, this is, this is an Elder Scrolls game. One of the best RPG games in existence. I don't understand how these companies could just go about and just do these things. Nobody, you can't do this in uh, in other industries. I can't like have. Um, but actually, now I think about it, you can because you can come out with a television and not test it and send it out, send it to Best Buy. Somebody buys it and then there's something wrong with it. They'll replace it, but they'll replace it right away for the most part. Of of course, barring shipping and handling, but they will replace it right away. Game companies, they're like, eh, we'll just, well, eventually, if enough people complain about it, we'll eventually come out with a patch, and maybe that'll solve the issue. But outside of that, we're not entirely sure. So, good luck with the game that you just purchased for 60 or some dollars. Yeah. And we'll see you when we see you. I think, so. I think some of the craziest instances that I've heard about on message boards were people saying that they saw dragons flying backwards in a circular motion. What, in fly- uh, Skyrim? Yeah. It, on both consoles, flying through the ground and killing themselves. They're running out in the field, and they just fall through the ground and just keep falling. And they're... There were actually some instances where they said that they would fight a dragon and kill it, and they would see the animation for the dragon soul going to their character, but they would never collect the dragon soul. Yeah, some of these games are just ridiculous, and they claim to have game testers, and there really aren't any game testers. Those people are obviously getting out, going out and having coffee, and not necessarily uh, doing any actual work. Yeah, well, unless I'm mistaken, they don't even pay the game testers. No, they pay them. They, they pay game testers. They do pay them. They just don't pay them a lot. That's all. And I guess that's one of the reasons why they just allow anything to happen. They're like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Uh, as long... I think the main thing is with game testers is they um, make sure things doesn't happen out of ordinary. Like, you know, a dragon flying backwards is not that big a deal compared to a player just walking through walls. Yeah. And falling through the floor. Yeah, falling through the floor, walking through walls. Which was if that doesn't happen, and that's okay, then the game gets passed. Now, if you see dragons flying backwards, that's like oh another. They're like, eh, we couldn't prepare for that. What do you mean you couldn't prepare for that? Yeah, I must. I, I gotta say though, there were some glitches in Skyrim that people just absolutely love. 
Like, for, for example, the glitches with the Giants. Whereas when they would hit you, your body would just go flying <laughs> through the earth. Yeah. <laughs> You'd punch in the face and fly halfway across the map. That was quite enjoyable. <laughs> but outside of that, I, I don't know. That's just me going on a rant. Because I, lo- I love this game, and then, you know, I can't even play it. And it, it's it, when I look on the message boards, it's like... There's other, sorry about that. There's other uh, other parts of the game that are, are just as messed up that also freeze out. So I don't I don't know what I can do. I basically I'll probably end up taking the game and trading it in someplace, not to the place that I called, of course, but trading it in someplace else and um, getting credit for it or something like that, and just let that be that and get something else. But I really, really I look forward to this game every year, and for them to just not. I can't even say care. It's just they just dropped the ball completely, and I have to wait for a patch. Who knows when a patch comes out? Now, there's there's one thing about Skyrim that I know they're never going to change. That still just annoys me. It's not like a major annoyance, but it's just annoying because you know it has to do with the DLC that they advertise lets you fly on the dragons. I mean, I gotta say, you do fly on the dragons, but you have zero control as to where the dragon flies to. So you basically just get on the dragon, and the dragon flies in however manner it just wants to fly, and you have no control over that. That kind of defeats the purpose of saying that, you know, you get this DLC and you can fly on the dragon. Like, okay, if I can fly on the dragon, I want to fly where I want to fly. I don't want to fly in some fixed pattern and that's it. That is so not entertaining. Just take it out of the game. If they could just fix games and, like, I don't even want it to be, like, you're, you're never going to have a perfect game coming out, but do something. They could at Show least me something. Hard. Show me that you're trying. But uh, just to switch tracks, uh, we're just now going to get to the point where we're going to have our second song. Well, the second song we're going to play is from Misa or Misa Kuroki, uh, Wired Life, this game. This song is, I believe, is the second uh, ending on... Uh, Blue Exorcist. Kuroki or my son Kuroki, uh, Wired Life from the Blue Exorcist uh, anime. Their last, I believe it was the second ending, it may have been the first ending. 
I really like the song itself. Um, a lot of people don't even, when I play the song, a lot of people don't even realize they're which, uh, Japanese because it's kind of low and then, you know, she starts saying wide life and stuff like that. But I, I really dig the song. But um, now we're going to talk about some anime. <laughs> and um, the anime I've been watching, I haven't watched in a while. Uh, I believe I have like two more episodes left. Would be um, uh, Robotic Notes. And Robotic Notes takes place um, in not too far uh, in the future of Japan. And they have uh, two main characters. The two characters uh, grew up together, kind of. And the girl is a boy and a girl, and the girl has an older sister who was a who was in a robotic club in her uh, high school. And later on, the girl um, she then joins the same club with her friend, her male friend, who is a uh, who also knows her sister. And they basically want to make um, uh, this mech that's a uh, there's a anime in their world that's called a uh, gun barrel. And they're trying to make the anim- they're trying to make the robot look like Gun Barrel, but in the anime it's weird because the uh, characters, um, the the game, not the game, but Gun Barrel is a game and it's an anime. And in the game and the anime, um, there's hidden code in the game and in the anime, in which they're prophesying the uh, basically the end of the world in the game and there's like uh like everybody in uh japan or everybody in this game in this move in anime have uh basically ipad minis they have stuff that are like seven inch uh tablets and basically you see the boy all he's doing is playing gun barrel gun barrel and the uh game is like a uh, first person um not first person shooter but it's a first person fight action game and he goes online and he plays other people and they fight against each other. And the girl who actually made the game is, um, uh, the girl who made the game, she, uh, she feels that someone's hacking the game and trying to, like, circumvent what the, uh, game is supposed to be. So she uses the boy, who's the main character, to try to fight everyone to figure out who actually is, um, um, hacking the game. So as all this stuff is going on, uh, the boy uses his uh, his uh, viewfinder on his um, tablet, and he sees this digital girl that was made by the people who originally made the anime and the game. And a whole bunch of crazy stuff happens. There's this dude that dresses up, who's in his high, in their high school. He's a year older than them. He dresses up. He pretends he doesn't like robots and stuff like that. And they go to a robot uh, competition, a robot match, kind of like BattleBots. And um, he's dressed up as like this weird character that's extremely flamboyant looking. They beat him in the final uh, uh, match, and he ends up joining their, uh, joining their uh, club. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on, and you know, originally when I saw the anime, I thought it was gonna be, oh, it's gonna be just a bunch of kids who like making robots and they like fighting. But then it turned on this whole nother level where it's like um, an end of the world and all kinds of other stuff is happening. People are dying and all kinds of things. And there's like um, the game is like influencing. Well, the anime, the last episode of the anime was uh, wasn't even shown in this anime. Um, not the anime itself, but the last episode of Gun Barrel wasn't shown 
and people always wondered what was in it. it and it was like something along the lines of like how uh, everyone's going to fight against each other and something's going to happen and everyone's going to die in Gun Barrel and the guy and the kid who's with Gun Barrel the last one's standing and stuff like that so they decided not to come out with that episode but there's a lot of hidden meanings in the whole anime and I thought <clears throat> from what I saw I never got around to finishing it up mainly because um, I was waiting for it all for every week that it came out and then other anime just started coming out and I ended up watching those animes over uh, robotic notes but I'm gonna go back to robotic notes and watch it but you know for the most part it's just you know a lot of crazy stuff that goes on in this whole anime and I, I really really like this anime the last one standing in the last episode. That that kind of reminds me of Mr. Rogers in a bloodstained sweater. Being Good the last job. one standing. <laughs> Good job. But uh, this robotic notes itself, uh, <clears throat> it's part of a whole uh, line of um, other anime that have come out uh, along those lines. And actually, the anime, the other animes that have come out in regards to it. We're part of a um, a section. It's like a, a trio of different games are uh, game out uh, games and anime. I believe the first one was a uh, Chaos Head. The second one being um, Stein's Gate, and the last one being Robotic Notes. But uh, they all have some sort of like um, a user interface that everybody uses in uh, to make uh, decisions in the game itself in the games themselves. Uh, I believe. Uh, in Stein's Gate, they had something called Foam Trigger. and Chaos Head, they had Delusional Trigger. And I completely... I never played the game for um, Robotic Notes. Uh, I believe the game came out. I'm not entirely sure. But most likely not, most of these games are Japanese straight anyway. I know um, Stein's Gate came out in America. I'm not too sure if Chaos Head came out in America or not. So, but... To go back to the anime itself, uh, I, I really, really enjoyed the anime. So, I hope to finish up watching the rest of the anime. Is there anything that you're currently watching right now? No, I'm actually looking for another anime to watch. Well, aside from Hunter Hunter. No, I'm, no I've, I've completely stopped watching that. I just erased that all from memory. Just abort, retry, fail. Yeah, I stopped watching that. No, there will be. I actually, I I was watching more of uh, Hunter Hunter. Uh, I think I'm up to episode 41 or 42, and it's getting interesting, but it's not interesting enough for me to want to keep watching it. So I probably, I probably finish up watching it because you know, just to almost suffice my friend. No, outside of that, I lost interest while I was watching the first episode. I actually forced myself to watch it to like episode six or something. I was like, yeah, no, I'm just going to keep watching Attack on Titan. I'm tempted to actually go to the manga and just read ahead in the manga, but I'm trying to hold out until the next couple episodes come out. For what? Uh, Attack on Titan? Yeah. Uh, I haven't read any manga. What manga have you read? Didn't you, weren't you reading uh, Freezing? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm still reading that because it's ongoing, and I'm still trying to read... Um, what is the name? Why can't I remember the name of this other manga? Um, Dead Man Wonderland. Was it I, Dead Man Wonderland? I'm still reading that one. That's still ongoing also? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I have yet to actually start reading some some manga. I had, uh, on my old phone, I had an application that allowed me to read manga on my old phone. But on my new phone, I haven't really found any actual good uh, anime uh, applications. So, 
Yeah. You know, I think they act, I think there's I think Bleach is still an ongoing manga also. It probably is. Even yeah, though the Naruto is of course they are, but um because they're still selling well, so they always still come, keep coming out with something. But uh as of right now, that's pretty much gonna be the end of our show for this week. Um is there anything um that you wanna uh put a shout out or anything like that on? No, no one put a shout out. Just want to let everybody know that I'm the juggernaut, and you won't beat me. <laughs> and what? And uh, you have, uh, what's your uh, gamer uh, tag in uh, Xbox Live? Well, on Xbox and PlayStation, it's uh, Redeemer1982 on both of them. Ah. On Xbox Live, for me, it's uh, Lazarus1 on PlayStation 3, which is what I mentioned earlier. It's uh, Lazarus101. Um... Uh, I'm going to mention that, uh, you know, you can find us on either, uh, Stitcher, if you, uh, if you're an I, uh, Android user, or, of course, iTunes for everyone else. We will probably end up going on some other, uh, podcast providers. The fan page is a Taco American on Facebook, and on our Facebook page, we mentioned that we're going to actually, on uh, this Friday, we're going to be in, um... The anima- animation block over in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, yes, sir. And that should be fun. We should uh, enjoy actually some of the animate animated short films that they're gonna have um, represented at this uh, fair. They usually uh, <clears throat> they've had this thing going on for I think this is the tenth year they've had it. So I really do look forward to going to that. Uh, this past weekend I was over in um, Brooklyn before for to watch the uh, newly Reads movie. Um, independent movie, which was hilarious. I suggest anyone go out and see this movie. I believe it's going to come out in select theaters and at least in the tri-state area. Uh, we're also going to make an appearance. We're going to be around in uh, when Comic-Con comes up in New York. Uh, it's Jacob Javits. We'll probably be there on Friday, the two of us. Uh, definitely going to check out some of the cosplayers, possibly have a little video on our YouTube, which is also Otaku American on YouTube. And we basically can't wait until that starts up. So, you know, we've, we've got a couple things going on. We're trying to get as much stuff together as possible. So that's what we got going on. See you guys at the Animation Block Party. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye.